Today we learn why people in glass hotels well, shouldn't ride an elevator or something like that. I tell you about a strange and mysterious woman on the elevator in our condo building. I share with you the way COVID has affected me. Well, the COVID rules, not the disease. Then we look at one of Jesus's most famous stories and we turn to a rabbi who doesn't even quote the story for the perfect explanation of what Jesus meant. All on the way to answering the question, on the elevator of life, who are you? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. We recently went to a family wedding near Boston, and we stayed at one of those hotels with a large glass atrium that contained a restaurant, a bar, it even contained a swimming pool all within the same area, and there were several glass elevators that rose through the center of the atrium, each with a dramatic view of the hotel lobby below. One particular occasion during our stay, Sarah and I were headed towards the lobby, and there was a couple just about our same age, a little ways down the hallway in front of us. They were clearly checking out today, walking down the hallway ahead of us, and they were each pulling a suitcase, which is why I assume they were checking out. They pushed the button for the elevator before we got there, and there was, as soon as they pushed it, an immediate ding, and the door opened. We were walking up just behind them, and I thought, oh, this is cool, how lucky. We aren't going to have to wait at all for the elevator. We're not even gonna have to slow down. We get to just walk up and get on the elevator immediately except the couple in front of us stepped onto the elevator and just stopped. Their two bags were behind them, side by side, blocking the way for anyone else to enter. Sarah and I waited for a second, knowing that they would turn around and realize they were blocking the way, and then they'd move out of the way. They'd move their bags out of the way anyway. But when they turned around, the man looked at us and just laughed. He said, I guess you're going to have to just wait for another one. And then he began to chuckle. His wife looked at her shoes, obviously uncomfortable with the situation, as he reached over and pushed the button for the doors to close, all the while smiling at us as if we had collectively just shared in a hilarious moment. Now, these people weren't COVID shy, I'm assuming they weren't, because they weren't wearing masks. Somehow, he just decided that he didn't want to wait, or he didn't want to move out of the way, or he didn't want to share. And she decided that she had no say in what was happening, and we decided that it really wasn't worth the potential conflict. There we had a snippet of life playing out around an elevator. Now, Sarah and I live in a condo building in Midtown Atlanta, and we live about halfway up this rather tall building. It's about 45 stories tall. As I'm sure you know, as you've experienced it yourself, no doubt if you've ever ridden on an elevator, there are definitive elevator personality types, and there are a bunch of them. There's the don't you dare acknowledge or speak to me personality type when they get on the elevator, and there's the determined not to ever accommodate anyone else personality type on the elevator. There's the take up way too much space personality type on the elevator, and this person can be physically taking up space or spreading out their stuff on the elevator or just verbally be too loud and filling everybody else's space, their ears, with their noise. As an aside, one of the really nice things about our building is that elevators block all cell phone reception. So the moment the doors close, so does your phone conversation come to a close. So we never have to deal 
with the I like to make loud phone calls on the elevator while other people have to listen to my conversation type of personality. There is the seemingly looking for conflict type who gets on the elevator sometimes. There's the, and we run into this in our building, there is the my dog is allowed to do anything it wants on the elevator type. Well, you could probably add to this list as well. I know I could. There could be a lot of different types. And many people are in multiple categories. I've had so many strange and interesting interactions on our building elevators. I normally try to say something to everyone. Most of the time, I just wish people a nice day as they exit so I'm not invading their space. Sometimes we strike up a conversation and I think we both leave wishing, ah, that was fun. I wish the ride was a little longer. Shortly after we moved into the building, I stepped onto the elevator in the lobby and I pushed the button for my floor and stepped out of the way for a woman who was right behind me to get on. She moved on to the other side of the elevator away from me. She was wearing a long trench coat with the collar pulled up. She had on sunglasses that the lenses were very dark and roughly the size of semi-truck windshields. She had a huge floppy sun hat on, and as she came on the elevator, I just said, good morning, as she stepped on. It was as if I had slapped her. She turned toward the corner, the opposite corner from me on the other side of the elevator, with her face in the corner literally inches away from it. Now, this is when everyone was still wearing masks, so she was absolutely incognito. She very much looked like a celebrity who was trying to conceal that they'd recently had plastic surgery. And whatever her story was, it was clear that she considered me to be a threat to her in some way, so I left her alone. Elevators are, I think, a microcosm of real life, or maybe better yet, Better said, they are a magnifier of real life. Bossy people seem to become bossier on the elevator. Timid people seem to become more timid on the elevator. Entitled people become well, more entitled and so forth. So we moved into the building in the middle of COVID and there were signs in the elevator that masks were mandatory for everyone in public spaces and in the elevator. Fines would be issued to residents if they or their guests failed to comply with these rules. Only four people were allowed on the elevator at a time, and each corner of the elevator floor had a little sticker on it in which the four people were all expected to stand. Now, recently, our building, as a lot of buildings have, has moved from masks are mandatory to they're optional but strongly recommended, which means we went from about 85-90% compliance wearing masks in the elevator to about 10% maybe 5% now wearing masks just in a change of about four weeks. Now here's the issue I'm aware of as of late. The change of masks to no masks has been a difficult one for me. And oddly, it has nothing to do with politics or whether I think the policy changed it right. It has to do with my internal attitude towards other people. If you say there are only four people allowed on the elevator and more than that is bad, more than that is dangerous, and if you say that everyone has to stand in a separate corner and to do otherwise is bad, to do otherwise is dangerous, and if you remind people that we must always wear masks because to go without a mask on the elevator is, well, you got it, bad and dangerous, well then it begins to shape people. I discovered something about myself. As the COVID restrictions began to loosen, I had internalized these rules. Now, interestingly, not so much the rules themselves, but a general internal attitude shaping had happened by these rules. 
As people began to quit wearing masks, I didn't have a problem with the loosened rules. I don't have a problem with the fact that people now choose not to wear masks. Often people would get on the elevator and apologize for not having a mask on, and I'd tell them, you're fine. You aren't breaking any rules. What I didn't say was, I don't have a problem with your choices of whether or not you wear a mask. I just have a problem with you. Interestingly, I have, I've discovered recently, so internalized the COVID rules that I don't want to ride on the elevator with anyone. I have kind of come to accept the fact that everyone is a threat, and therefore I don't want to be on the elevator with anyone else. I know this because I have, during the full enforcement of the rules, been on the elevator during so many conflicts over mask wearing that I literally cringe inside when the elevator stops now and I realize, oh no, I'm going to have to share this space with another person. Look, I will tell you something as a related aside. I'm not in favor of arming teachers as a solution for school shootings. Yeah, that may seem like a strange segue, but just just hear me out on this one. Now, you may argue that if a significant number of teachers were armed, there's a chance that they could stop a school shooter before the police get there. Now, I have a host of reasons why I don't agree with this, but let me tell you my primary one that's related to this subject today. I don't want my children, but now they're grown, so I don't want my grandchildren to grow up in a world where the teachers are carrying a gun on their hip. I don't want our children raised in a world where everyone is a perceived and potential threat. Because one of the things I've learned recently, I've been living in that world shaped by COVID recently as an adult, and I don't like what it's done to me. I surely don't want to create a world in which we are teaching children to be afraid of the world, to see everyone as a threat. Well, listen up, little boy, and prepare to get a lesson. The world is a scary, scary place, and the sooner we all realize that anyone can be a threat, and it is for everyone to just take care of themselves, the better and the safer this world will be for all of us. Look, I get that a lot of people feel like that. But I feel like I need to go through life in one of two ways. There seems to be a choice for me. I can either go through life like every single person is a threat or like no one is a threat until they prove themselves to be. And I choose the latter. Remember that story from Luke 10? You remember, Jesus has somebody walk up to him. I'll tell you the story. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? What do you read there? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked a question, And who is my neighbor? Now, in response to this question, Jesus tells the story. I'm not going to go into the whole process of reading it, but you know the story, the story of the Good Samaritan. You know, the man is attacked on the road and left for dead, and the people who should have stopped to help him didn't. The person who seemingly had every reason not to help, well, he became the hero of the story. And so, Jesus explained who a neighbor is in a dramatic and powerful story for them. And that's the problem right here. That story was so powerful to the people of Jesus' time. It was powerful for them. Look, let's be honest. 
The only thing most of us know about Samaritans is what we learned in church or in Sunday school. So this story that Jesus told us was shocking and probably life-changing for his contemporary listener, but probably not so much for us today. We've kind of lost the notion of what Jesus meant by neighbor because, because Samaritan, that person, that story, has not the same kind of power and influence over us as it did for people of Jesus's time. Now, let's fast forward to the March on Washington, of all places. One of the speakers at the March on Washington was a rabbi who had escaped Nazi Germany. Now, he wasn't quoting the passage from Luke in his speech, but I think he absolutely nailed the meaning of what Jesus intended. He said, and I'm going to quote from his speech, I speak to you as an American Jew. As Americans, we share the profound concern of millions of people about the shame and disgrace of inequality and injustice, which makes a mockery of the great American idea. As Jews, we bring to this great demonstration in which thousands of us proudly participate a twofold experience, one of spirit and one of our history. In the realm of the spirit, our fathers taught us thousands of years ago that when God created man, he created him as everybody's neighbor. Neighbor is not a geographical term. It is a moral concept. It means our collective responsibility for the preservation of man's dignity and integrity. I absolutely love that. I think Jesus would listen to that and wholeheartedly agree. Neighbor is not a geographic term. It is a moral concept. That's what Jesus intended it to be. One that implies that we are collectively responsible for each other. I know there are lots of personality types when we climb onto the elevator of life, but if COVID and the strife of this world in these recent years has taught me one thing. I know it is who I want to be when I climb aboard that elevator, when I'm riding the elevator of life. I want to be, and I want to see every single person I encounter as a neighbor. That's all for today. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you get notified of future episodes. Also, you can find me on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for Sky Pilot Faith Quest. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is dan at skypilot.zone. That's dan at skypilot.zone. And remember, on your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to Sky Pilot Faith Quest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember... The sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions.